Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather, political discussion from the outside may look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about news and politics. Yeah. Uh, we're back back after a, a, another another gap that the fortnightly thing wasn't intentional, but uh, I think you've been ill, haven't you, Hugh? Yeah, I'm better now. I've, um, You're better. I like, it's, I say I'm better. I'm, I'm just like a bit tired now. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm white still. I'm like you know I like I I'm pretty much I'm able to do all the stuff I would normally do until roughly six ish half six ish and then I start to flag mm. real bad, um, mm. but I'm all I don't have any other symptom I don't have any symptoms anymore which is great yeah which makes me feel I mean that, so much that... better I was I was scared to be fun. I thought I was better and then I really fucking wasn't um <laughs> and um. Oh. Yeah, I was scared, but I'm all good now. I, what I, I mean, did, I've definitely what heard I did that. See is I, um, Sorry, carry on. I see, like, have you seen, you haven't seen a Dark Song, have you? No, okay. no. A Dark Song is a very good, very good, very educational film about how one would consult your guardian angel and ask them a question. And I, did, oh, right. yeah, I, I, took, I took the opportunity, like, I'm ill, I can barely move. I'll do this. So I did all the rituals. I, you know, I have the, I have the house with the west-facing window, and I, I do all the absol- abstaining from things. Um, hol- not locked Holly and Lily up in the basement. Um, and I did all of my, all of the weird little rituals of the, like, all the drawings on the floor until eventually I, you know, overcame everything and met my guardian angel and asked them if I should stop vaping. And they said, yeah, you probably should stop vaping. Just like standard, standard health advice from your guardian angel, yeah. just to like you do all that ritual, and it turns <laughs> up, and it's like, I mean, you could probably stop smoking. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> so I asked introduce them a little they, vegetable. I asked them if they, were, if they had any other advice, and they said like a handful of halibut orange and a pint of flat coke, and now I'm better. So <laughs> I'm just saying, scientists, I'm right here. I've been consulting the divine. <laughs> I've got a cure. <laughs> I believe Dominic Cummings suggested something very similar when he was in on those sage meetings. <laughs> yes. By which I point out, they were burning sage to try and predict the future. <laughs> That's why it's called sage. Sounds about right. No, I'm telling you, like, I made I made that, like, uh, I talked about last episode about um, how they were going to time, somehow, Boris would have a child born when the lockdown talk of the lockdown like started to like the the, the peak of the of the, the the coronavirus curve started to, to go down yeah and people started talking about ending the lockdown yeah and at the time the due date for that baby was early summer and i think it was yesterday they announced that they've had a, uh, a son to be fair what did i tell you to be fair there are a number of reasons why the, the child could have been brought forward and i imagine had a cesarean there could have been having the cesarean a month early to to protect the woman's figure, which I know a lot of people who have done that or tried to do that. Um, there could have been wait a month early. Yeah, like they have them. They have them early. Jesus. Well, not a month. What, early, like, but they do have. Eight, they, yeah. they do tend to have like earlier. Yeah, you can. You can. Um, there's there's been plenty of celebrities who have a cesarean earlier, so they don't get the final stretch bit. Right. Okay. <laughs> which is gross. Yeah. But um, like bulldogs, yeah. uh, <clears throat> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but then the other thing is like he was going to have to do that press conference talking about the increased deaths and like about how high the number had gone, and then suddenly he's off because he's got a baby, which you know, 
Mm. I'd like, like mm. 28th of April for a start is like a funny early summer. Yeah, it is. And like, they're going to skip over all the obvious jokes about like early births and marriages mm. and, and affairs and, and all that. That's, that's easy. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that the conjunction of spring, <laughs> Easter, and the engineering of this particular thing Look, all is of... a pagan rite that is summoning the moon child. We never saw pictures of Boris in hospital. We never saw footage of him going to no. the hospital. I'm saying he went no. into the deepest, darkest forest of old England and he consulted the Lord of the Hunt. And <laughs> the Green Man, he, had to... he, he made a deal, basically, with the Green Man. <laughs> he had to sit on the rock for four weeks, <laughs> which was actually the coronavirus, like... Uh, period where he had to kind of be isolated mm-hmm. and yeah he's lost weight because he's been living I mean, on forest uh, berries for like a month <laughs> tried to press them into a rudimentary wine <laughs> <laughs> like, furiously yeah, like... scraping wood shavings off a tree so he could have a line of coke <laughs> like I, mean, I am only half joking about the construction of like the the like this month's boris saga oh no the way that um, everything is being constructed you know, is very, it feels it feels it's myth making the whole thing. Yeah, like I don't like they didn't literally time the birth of the child to coincide with this, and and you know obviously it's not literally a religious ceremony. But I'm I'm sorry, you can't really avoid the fact that a number of government outriders in the media have been talking about how the health of the nation is inextricably linked to the health of the body of the prime minister. Also, um, effigies are like, being effigies are being built to the nation's greatest warrior. Yeah, to the to the um the ancient warrior, the unknown soldier. Like uh, this isn't this isn't new either. Like no. even I was looking I was looking at it in December. Um, the new statesman was like had some column about here about Boris's pagan vitality. What you know on yeah because he's he's a different because previously you could identify you could identify someone like Theresa May with a certain strand of um. Like classic, like it always has to have an English nationalist flavor. Mm-hmm. Like even Blair had to have that of being like a um, a particular kind of like like metropolitan lawyer. Yeah. That is still an yeah. English characteristic, yeah, despite like a, the yeah. culture war metropolitan versus provincial yeah. like a character like dynamic. Stere- a character stereotype of like a, a traditional British yeah. character. Yeah, like um, Gordon Brown has that all the way through, like high church pro- like Protestant. Yeah, um, guy. Aths, yeah, yeah. Austere. Um, but like they've talked for ages about how um, Boris has less like maybe for the first time since I'm trying to think of another I mean Ch- Churchill roughly not to draw that that, that comparison too too closely because I think there's quite important differences between the two yeah. but like the like a man who reveres Greek and Roman culture way more than he does like Christian meekness or, or oh, yeah. charity or stuff like that, who thinks that like reveres those civilizations so deeply and therefore draws the conclusion oh, that, no doubt that he Christianity kind of weakens them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but also draws civili- like conclusions about those civilizations where they think that Christianity kind of weakened them and led to their, yeah. their fall. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, I was actually looking on his website. Well, I say looking on his website. I typed a Google Boris Pagan. Um, <laughs> And uh, in 1998, he was actually designated Pagan Federation of Great Britain National Journalist of the Year. Huh. Genuinely. That's on his website. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, obviously not, he, he's probably not literally a pagan. I can't no. imagine him adhering, adhering to any particular right. But... <laughs> it's got images of like, you know, you don't really see 
much of his exposed skin, but he's got, you know, the tattoos of the lunar cycle. He's, you know, yeah. doing rights to what's it, um, Mother Maiden Crone. <laughs> all these, he's doing all the shit. Just because he keeps miniatures of the family gods in a burlap sack <laughs> on his belt uh, doesn't... <laughs> no, but like, like it's something that I, ha- I certainly haven't mm. seen in... I haven't seen in British media ever, like, that closely linking... Like, literally, uh, like, clumsily almost doing yeah. it. That way of linking joyful feelings to the health and well-being and family of a politician yeah, like it it's really always weird. it's always been very hands off you were either for them and you made the excuses or you were against them and you attacked them yeah. this is a this is a, a weird kind of thing maybe like maybe there's another example but I, I can't think of it but like you know paganism has that has that dimension on like the restoration of energies like the cycle of energies of mm. heart like being linked to the renewal of the seasons and you know linking that kind of renewal cycle to countries is something called um palingenesis okay and it is a feature of fascism <laughs> like Look, kind of a, re- you... a rebirth of the nation there is nothing suspiciously fascist about anything going on at the moment it's not as if we just hmm. had like a panorama show where they've just decided that because the people they talk to were members of an opposition party that therefore they should just be dis- discarded because you know the Labour Party, <laughs> the opposition parties are just naturally prescribed parties now. <laughs> well, it's it's also not their own like the document. I, I think I imagine any documentary at all is not really that it's not really the home ground of fascism either, either is it? Because fascism emphasizes that kind of like irrational emotional content, like. That's why they use like posters and slogans and oh, yeah. memes and well, Facebook and seen, Facebook posts and stuff like that. You've seen fash documentaries. It's all it, they're they're all like um they're like music videos. Hmm. And like, yeah, the, I, I was watching that Tom Moore stuff today. Yeah. Uh, Captain or Colonel Tom Moore, and, bal- who's been taken up as balloon effigy. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Like, um, if you haven't been following it, uh. Captain Tom Moore is a 100 of the <laughs> is a 100 year old uh, veteran of World War II. Uh, he was a managing director of a concrete firm for uh, most of his life, and he did this like charity thing where he was going to he was going to walk like a load of circuits of his garden, and like this got picked up. I'm not sure how quite how the these things get boosted anymore but i have to assume some kind of political or you know intent or content yeah to it because by the end of this circuit he had a fucking like regimental honor guard yep like outside in his back garden while he <laughs> did this thing and like yeah so he got like a fly a, a spitfire and hurricane fly past <laughs> he's got people making cakes of his face that was terrifying um and yeah, this 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 desperate attempt to turn this moment of let's face it, mass death mm. into a kind of like plugging it back into a continuity of heroic sacrifice yeah. is well familiar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Also, it's, it's incredibly part, familiar. It's all part of that um, turning the NHS into a charity. Like, there's I am yes. certain that part of yeah. this the clapping thing um, and 
there was a bit, I listened to the radio, and there was it, Matt Hancock was on LBC talking to Nick Ferrari, and Nick Ferrari offered to make a bet about whether they'd meet their target of, you know, the 100,000 tests or whatever. And he said, mm. I'll make the bet, and, you know, whoever wins, I'll give the money to your charity of choice. I assume it will be the NHS. And it was just like mm. that kind of slip and this constant thing that the NHS is a charity that we should be giving money to rather than it being, you know, part of the state. Yeah. Is like the fact that we have... The, the NHS is a special the, um, treat. Yeah, the fact that the um, those Nightingale things haven't really been used and it will turn out that it will turn out that you know they didn't have the staffing or whatever there'll be there'll be lots yeah. of reasons why but the way they're acting like the nhs has coped perfectly fine it's been amazing therefore once all this is over it can suffer a few little cuts that's my yeah. theory it's it's well, it's, it's the it's the theory is i happen. mean what it will be is is you constantly drill in, and this has been happening for fucking years. You constantly drill into people that the NHS is an economic rather than a social concern. Yeah. You you drill into them that the healthcare you're getting has a price, yeah. and that e- either the government's paying it or private people are paying it, but it's not you. Mm-hmm. Once you start doing that, you have automatically indoctrinated people into thinking yes. It's a it's a product. It's a product that you you buy that the government buys for you as a special treat, mm-hmm. and like charity thing, and and it it's that combination of like rigid economism with the absolute idea of self sacrifice that, and again, I don't want to keep harping on the fascist thing because it's like it. it <laughs> There are a lot of things that are not fascist about the way that things are going, but like, I don't want to sound too alarmist. But at the same time, you can't deny that this sounds like one of those winter coat um, uh, things that all the Nazis used to do. Like the the pictures you see when you think of Nazis and social welfare is they would uh, all the Nazi higher ups would do um, Christmas dinners yeah. to the poor yeah and ra- raise money for like I think it was literally called a winter coat fund for. Uh, German homeless, of course, what it doesn't show and what requires further analysis is who they were including and who they were excluding mm-hmm. in this particular social welfare, which is why, you know, not all government spending and not all nationalisation is either good or bad. It, it matters on, you know, the, the grounds on which it takes place and, and the structure it has. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, <laughs> the fact that he had... Oh, the other thing about Tom Moore, he had a number one single with a backing NHS choir and the, the, and Oh, and they sent him so many birthday cards. They couldn't fit it into oh, a room. And everyone was, it was, they filled the church. Cause he was like a hundred today or he was a hundred yesterday. Yeah, or something like, like that. over a hundred thousand cards and they filled up a church with them. And before I'm telling burning you, the church is... in honor of the old gods that are coming back. <laughs> no more of this <laughs> Jew religion, Christianity. We're going back. See, Dominic Cummings has been reading a lot. He's been playing Varg's um, RPG. I was going to say he's been reading Varg. He's been playing Varg's um, RPG and he's been listening to Burzum and he's come up, come up, come up with some really good ideas for where to go, where what post Brexit Britain will look like, and church burnings will be a big part of them. <laughs> no, it's Tom. <sighs> I don't want to be too harsh towards the person himself. Yeah. I don't. I don't have anything about that. But as a as a societal, in very extreme circumstances, as a societal phenomenon about mm-hmm. what everyone has has either been directed to focus on or has decided spontaneously to focus on, whatever your media theory will allow for, 
um, this is what happens when all the residue of all of that keep calm and carry on stuff mm -hmm. is forgotten, but it's all been running downhill and it's collected. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That's So that's like, to sum up, that's veterans, choirs, the NHS as a charity and as like a, 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 a almost a social religious institution, mm -hmm. birthday cards, it's all the flavour of you love your lovely birthday cards kind of like, because you hate oh, yeah. buying birthday yeah, cards. I fucking hate buying birthday cards. What a pointless <laughs> thing. What a fucking useless... Look, I can kind of understand when you want a token to send someone, but like come on we can do better than that in 2020 but bourgeois society won't allow us to <laughs> every time i think mafia. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you I, can't, I i was just so disappointed because like I, I woke up and like kind of vaguely uh scrolled through all the veteran birthday oh. uh celebration things on every popular media outlet mm. and i just kept thinking of like oh I had thought we had kind of abandoned Keep Calm and Carry On. Mm. And if we haven't abandoned Keep Calm and Carry On Britain, then we know what's next. Austerity comes back mm. because that's the uh, that was its ideological purpose. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it spun out into all other kinds of cultural stuff. And it just feels like this eternal recurrence that every time I fucking forget something, every time I think something like a particular cultural flavor is done, it just comes back with a vengeance at the worst possible time. Yeah, no, it's just an eternal recurrence. And I'm I'm still convinced that all of the countries that the British Empire invaded and occupied just wanted to limit the damage. So they locked Britain and all British people inside this time loop so we couldn't do anything more. That sounds about right. I would. <laughs> oh, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'd volunteer to go into a time loop if it meant this, this thing wouldn't spread any further. <laughs> but then there's America, which is, you know... Yeah, uh, it's just I'm, I'm not dealing very well with having to like if you're sitting in front of the telly and you have to sit in front of like like people advertising Corona advertising that yeah. we really care about you and a very particular kind of like like sentimental emotional effect like people sharing food over oh God, over you're webcams. TV, and, you're probably watching TV for the most like. Like the most TV you've watched in years. I'm watching the oh the most broadcast TV I've I've watched in ages. Like I, yeah. I I mostly avoid avoid it, but like it's worth checking out what's on ITV. Is all I'm saying. That's yeah. where me that's where me that's where me episodes of Poirot are. <laughs> that's where they keep the Poirot. They keep the Poirot where they in keep... between the fascist adverts. <laughs> that's where I have to watch like a comfortingly isolated family making lamb over Zoom. <laughs> Oh. And with their with their gran, oh, and it's God. it's a it's a very like I can't help it. I'm in this mode now where I see sentimentality and I see people taking up childish hobbies in the face of unmitigated terror, <laughs> and it's like oh God, this is how it starts. Oh. It's feeling a part of. It's feeling like everything is on hold. Like when when capitalism, like as long as you've as long as I've studied it, has always been about go faster mm. when everything has been moving faster and faster and all you hear about is neoliberalism are pumping stuff up making stuff go faster and your workload gets like heavier and heavier as each as each year goes you're expected to do more and pack more into your social and, and personal cultural life as well yeah and just like being told you can help coronavirus by staying home and feeling things very intensely yeah um, and being encouraged in that, in in and prodded, having your like emotional nervous system prodded in certain ways by the way that the media is around, like Boris and around 
around particular cultural figures we've decided to idolize it either makes you feel separated because you cut yourself off about from it completely or you just feel enervated mm. you know i've been trying to like i'd say i don't really i don't watch the tv um because mm. i can't like i've been st- like i barely go on twitter at the moment like i look at i like have a quick scan through and then i put on, it down I'm on twitter a fair amount it's because like. i'm like it's because of being trapped in a house it feels even mm. like especially when i was ill it felt incredible like i was feeling it was making me feel fucking horrible all the yeah. time so it's like just try to like focus on other things that have got nothing to do with it that i don't have to deal with all their bullshit like with when you hear them say like we've come in vietnam with its um no casualties and it's like yeah but they are a one-party socialist state so you know we can't really believe them meanwhile not mentioning the fact that you know the, the whole government is lying about its numbers like through its teeth and also, like, the Conservative Party has kind of been <laughs> yeah. largely a one-party. Like, the most successful Labour government was a, a, a Tory-like government exactly. in its policies. It's yeah. not like there was a massive sea change yeah. when so, Labour got in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So to, like, save I, my mind from that, yeah. I've just been playing, I've been playing a lot. I've got back into Final Fantasy fourteen, and, um, mm-hmm. and I'm practising tattooing constantly. So, I always knew you would end up working with skin. Yeah. Yeah, in some like, way. I am um, probably a week away from learning how to pierce. Um, oh. So then I'm going to open like a tattoo and piercing parlor in my kitchen, just like I would have done if I'd never left Medway. Because <laughs> like, there were certain things that were like guaranteed to have done. I'd have like a bunch of broken Dreamcasts I was going to fix up at some point and going to make a load of money off. I'd have a pet snake or lizard, um, some kind of reptile. I'd probably have at least one crossbow and a collection of fantasy swords, and I would be a very bad tattooist. <laughs> yeah, I've always felt that your life is... Your life, ever since you met your wife, um, I think has been bending... Basically, 99 times out of 100, your timeline ended up with you staying in Medway and, like, doing some time in prison, doing doing something like like a good like a well paying job like plumbing or something like that like you know enough to get by it. I very much doubt that plumbing. I would um, probably, I would be I would be dealing weed. I would be selling weed enough to get by. Now don't put yourself don't don't put yourself down. <laughs> selling weed is a fine profession. It's a it, it only gets easier with time. Too far, and... Didn't um, the um, the Scarface guy, he got into drugs. Sh- it was on the Tiger King thing. He was like, he got into more extravagant drug trafficking to pay for his tiger habit. <laughs> so I'd be, you know, <laughs> be getting into more and more outlandish drug schemes to pay for my collection of lizards and Dreamcast bits. <laughs> and I just feel like um, history is trying, the angel of history is trying to kind of correct the timeline mm-hmm. by making you pick up all of the habits and hobbies that you would have gotten into if you were in Medway. So it's only natural that you've started finding a, a legit way, an artistic way of piercing skin in some <laughs> fashion. <laughs> I would have had a Komodo if I'd lived in, if I'd stayed in Medway, definitely. I would have had oh, one yeah, way definitely. But you would have also had a sword. Yeah, I would. And oh. you would have had chainmail under, or maybe over, the kimono. <laughs> if I had chainmail, I would so wear it more than is necessary, which is ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> no, it's it's a weird thing because, like, I feel like I'm coping with this lockdown, like, okay. Yeah. And I had a real freakout moment a couple of days ago where it's like. What does that say about me? Mm. What does that say about my life that, like, 
every day can basically be roughly the same. Mm -hmm. I don't have to leave these four walls. I don't have to go outside and experience anything new mm -hmm. because I, and I'm not suffering any kind of like claustrophobia, emotional turmoil. I don't get all weird when I go outside. I went on a long walk on Sunday around Walthamstow wetlands, mm -hmm. which is just like big reservoir, rare bird sanctuary thing. And yeah, I felt fine works. when I, yeah, I felt fine when I was out. I felt fine when I got back. But then I haven't been out of the house. Today is Thursday, and I haven't been out of the house since Sunday. And it's like I got really freaked out about what that says about me and where I am in my life right now, that I could just be satisfied um, by that. Because well, everything that you want is easily accessible. You're in a happy relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like... It's yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like fucking saying I should be feeling more emotional turmoil. But the fact that I feel nothing, yeah. the fact that I feel as fresh as when I finished going into an office to go to work, I do think like it's um, fucking weird. I do. Think, it's a weird feeling. I think the not having to commute is a level is adding a level of happiness to a lot of people that I don't think. Yeah, anyone. Yeah, I mean, I never have that much end. stress. I never have that much stress commuting, to be honest, because yeah. um, I'm not that I'm not that far from where I work. Like I'm not about a half hour commute mm. every day, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it is odd to be like, because there's like a couple of different like historical processes that are acting on people. Like I said, like capitalism is always about moving faster, and like even every like technological innovation that was supposedly going to save you labor mm. or save you time only added up to like make you be able to fit more stuff in and then again like there's more social pressure to like be online to build a personal brand for your career as well as for yourself there's all this like advertising pressure on and, and that at the same time like it did feel like like mark fisher was always writing about like that you that history had ended that you had no real impact on anything and like the two things that i'm feeling right now is everything has stopped and yet you not going out has a measure of historical impact on the world because you're helping not spread not spread things mm -hmm. and also there's the horrible like holding in your breath to see what the fucking economy is going to be like after the lockdown ends which yeah. is is absolutely fucking terrifying it is a weird and, thing, like every virtually, yeah. everyone, virtually everyone i know is still working and mm. there's like and working on and like in TV, it's really weird. They are all just like, well, it's okay because everyone, everything will be back to normal by August, and they're just yeah. And it's like you're hoping, like you're all yeah. just hoping, and that's a lot of money. <laughs> Which whenever I, mean, I think when, about like, that, I stress, I get stressed. In. Yeah, I mean, of course you do. Everybody does. Like um, my partner won't let me talk about it because yeah. it's like. If you're looking at the indicators, if you're looking at actual statistics about what's happening, yeah. like this could be a fucking apocalypse. Like this could be really fucking bad, like way worse than 2010. And nothing is happening. And maybe I'm just in a lucky I'm I am almost certainly in a lucky position to like still be getting getting a wage. Mm -hmm. In in this, you know, and I, I I there's a reasonably good chance I'll still have a wage when i come out of this but like yeah there's just too, there's, it, it's just it's just way it's just way too much on hold and waiting and having all that stuff in the meantime about 
yeah, staying in and feeling things very intensely. That's mm -hmm. how you help. Mm -hmm. You feel sentimentality. You feel like an engineered sense of solidarity that is extremely limited and mm -hmm. aimed mostly at brands. Yeah. Uh, in in your in the only contact you're allowed with the outside world, it, it just it, it it feels fucking weird, especially in the in the wake of like Corbyn's defeat and mm -hmm. the closing off of those um, of those political possibilities, of the possibility of you feeling politically empowered, and it's yeah, it's a weird it's a weird time. Okay, so this week we were going to talk about conspiracy theories around Corona. Because cool, well, conspiracy theories are interesting, and yes. this is the thing that is dominating all of our brains. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's just so many weird ones out there because we live in a time where conspiracy theories do seem to spread quicker, um, mm. and stuff. And there's so like first off, there's like a couple of cures because when I was ill. Um, it was like it was almost perfect that that month's edition of the Fourteen Times included a whole thing of <laughs> of the of the conspiracies of cures that were going about and some of the things that people have been doing because like you know we've very happy by the Trump injecting bleach and all that kind of shit or like locking the sun inside someone's chest to cure them of disease. <laughs> I'd just like to interject here I'm very happy to see the 14 times like I started getting it again um, like uh, last year yeah. and very happy to see that it didn't go alt-right as it might have done mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it remained pretty like anti-fascist and yeah it's pretty good quote-unquote progressive or whatever yeah, that means it's pretty good but um, mm. some of the things that have been covered up um, that you could eat a large amount of garlic to cure yourself of covid um, the South China Morning Post reported that a woman had to have hospital treatment from a severely inflamed throat from eating one and a half kilos of raw garlic. Kilos? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, a bunch. Like, does it like garlic does have a vague anti-inflammatory effect? But I, I'm imagining it's not like it's not stackable. No. <laughs> um, there was a bunch of social media influencers were pushing um, the universe. The, MMS Miracle Mineral Supplement, which is mainly oh sweet a miracle. It's like it's mainly chlorine dioxide. Um, Jesus. But yeah, they were pushing that. That does not work. Um, and there's oh that was it. Um, a guest on a disgraced televangelist show claimed oh, that colloidal silver, colloidal silver, oh, could kill strains yeah, yeah, of coronavirus within twelve hours. That's an old one, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's colloidal silver. Like, that's the you know when you when you've got nothing but it's like you know when you've got nothing when you've got a hammer everything is a nail when all you've got is colloidal <laughs> silver colloidal silver cures all. <laughs> um, uh, some Japanese doctor recommended drinking water every fifteen minutes. Oh God, that's that also incredibly bad for you. Is that um, that was shared over two hundred fifty thousand times on Facebook? I mean, the thing is, like I've. Even on my feed, I saw people doing that stuff about like having hot drinks, yeah, to like wash it yeah. down your throat. Yeah, that's another thing. And it's like that, um, repeatedly that's... drinking hot drinks to raise your temperature. Um, sitting out in the sun, you'd have to be, you'd have to get your body to um sixty degrees for it to work. That's an important that's... thing. Um, so you know you're not going to get that. I really, I really love like, um, 
like miracle cures that are really, really fucking easy and yeah. within easy reach of me at all times. Yeah. But I don't really have to do anything complicated to do. It's just part of my normal life. So it's like, oh yeah, British Facebook. Yeah, naturally it'll be hot drinks. Yep. You know, it's like. <laughs> yep. It's. Um... I mean, maybe the argument that argument is probably less of an example when it comes to colloidal silver, but <laughs> you know, there's what's um sort of like um attaching a hairdryer and essentially like using blowing a hairdryer into your mouth to like warm up and like up your nose to like kill it <laughs> which okay. is yeah um, the, but, I mean um, that's true of all, literally all disease though then because yeah. that's like protein did proteins denaturing at whatever it is 40 degrees 45 degrees somewhere yeah but um you know? no, it, it, all of this obviously doesn't work but then there was um really good story in um Last month's 14 times, it's just really good. It just made me laugh. Um, uh-huh. On the 9th of March, Landonneau in Western France hosted a gathering of 3,500 cosplayers wearing white hats and painted blue in an attempt to break the Guinness World Record for the most people dressed as Smurfs. This came one day before France banned events of over 1,000 people. We figured we wouldn't worry that, as French people, we wouldn't give up on our attempt to break the record and now we're champions of the world, said one Smurf. While another declared it was more important, the coronavirus is no big deal. <laughs> it was just a, is this said all... one Smurf. Is this at all related to colloidal silver? Because if you <laughs> looked into colloidal silver, it as I have, you you'll know the famous case that if you take too much, it turns your skin blue. And it's permanent, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you, it the is. Smurf, the smurfication. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those are some of the weird cures that I've seen popping up as well. It's just like, obviously none of them work. The way to do it is a handful of halib orange and a pint of flat coke. I will Okay. Say that is the official Put statement. the recipe in the description. That is the official statement, the official policy of this podcast. It is the <laughs> cure-all for everything. I'm retiring from the podcast to set up my own medical supply company. <laughs> it's just a news agent. <laughs> but um, have you heard many conspiracy theories about where it's come from because i've heard a lot and i've been reading a lot yeah i mean there's the obvious ones of it's come from a lab in china um it's come from a lab in the u.s um it's come from a lab in russia uh it's come from a lab in whatever the geopolitical objectives of the country i'm resident (laughs) in are at that particular point yeah as it always always is um yeah, there's the, the obviously the bats and the pangolins. Well, which of, um, I like. I think I like the pangolin, the, the pangolin theory the most because there's a certain like um, poetic justice of, them, of in the pangolin's revenge. The pangolin's revenge. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it those adorable little creatures, <laughs> those beautiful um, little guys getting their revenge. Yeah, there's by learning biological warfare. <laughs> the theory about it coming from let's talk about that one. That's a good one. The theory about it being made in a, a, a like a it's a bioweapon, and like yeah, like the evidence for this is that there's a, like a testing lab in Wuhan, um, mm-hmm. where they were yeah. doing where they're doing it, and one of the best re- um, reasons for it spreading everywhere that I've read is Iran and China were testing the vaccine on themselves, and it went wrong. And that's how it got on out. The... They were testing Again, it on themselves before yeah. they could release it over the world to take over the world's economy. Um, how I'd like would to say they that China take, doesn't like, need okay. much help to take over the world's economy, to be fair. Yeah. 
it turns out if you sell stuff really, really cheap, you yeah. take on the majority of the world's industrial capacity. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's almost like spreading a virus amongst your population, in fact, makes it harder. Yeah. China, well known for taking risks in population management. <laughs> but um yeah, that's that was like that it's obviously that's just like, you know, it's a bit it's a mixture of like yellow peril and red scare shit. Yeah. That one. I mean, like uh, any any human action with in in pandemic conspiracy theories. So thinking that it has come, it's been specifically engineered to um, destabilize your country or, or whatever. Obviously, it has like uh, nation state implications and implications about um, the control of the body politic. You know, the body politic gets infected by a disease. Yeah. This is a metaphor applicable to everything from actual pandemics to immigration, race mixing, anything, anything like that, anything you're particularly scared about. But like, I can, I can, I'm always a bit wary about like, uh not not necessarily talking about whether it's a, a human made thing but necessarily dismissing people's feelings about that thing because quite often when these stories come up they will have um like african heads of state and it's always in particular african and like arab mm-hmm. heads of states presented in a way of like oh, oh, oh look at this crazy this crazy prime minister who thinks you can cure aids by shooting up potato juice oh yeah um and yeah obviously they are wrong but at the same time there's a certain level of oh you think aids came from you think uh the u.s government tried to uh inject um black people with aids to control the population and it's like there was an actual south african government program to infect like sterility viruses into their black african population yeah like it never came to anything as far as we know but that was actually planned it's not like out of the realms of possibility for this this to be um like a thing you know yeah that is that is one i think that might might be one of the other reasons why a lot of these conspiracies take root is because there are so many there's so many shitty things that have been done you know like mk ultra and like operation world World were things that happened yeah 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 so it's like i, like, suppose, um, I just watched I suppose, a documentary about yeah. um these three twins who met who've been separated at birth and adoption and three twins yeah uh, well you know what i mean three, you know three identical triplets <laughs> who'd been um who'd been separated at birth i did see some of that actually and, yeah, um, yeah. they all met up and then as their lives went on you find out that it was actually all us um it there there were tw- um, identical twins were being separated at birth as part of a study um by yeah. um by some group to like work it was like to work out parenting and it's like it does seem like an awful lot of them is like a lot of, there's an awful lot of suicides there, um, and all the yeah. all the stu- yeah. all the study never came. You know, it's like those kind of things happen. So it's not that surprising yeah. that people then, like, as soon as something like this happens, make make leaps to explain it, rather than it just being yeah. essentially bad luck. Yeah, or I mean, the there's, there's also of a wet market because there's wet also like yeah, that's dirty and foreign. And there's scary. that there's that geopolitical element of it of like think about. Think about like world events over the last like two years. Let's take let's take two years. Yeah. How many like surprise twists have there been in world narrative? Mm-hmm. Like, you remember when like Saudi was going to go to war 
uh, Saudi and Iran were going to go to a war, um, mm-hmm. like uh, literally at the beginning of this year, and then it's never been mentioned. Yeah, maybe not a, 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 an exact twist. Remember when the Houthis took down all of those? Uh, look, took down fifty percent of um, Saudi Arabia's oil capacity in a night yeah. with a bunch of drones. That again, that was a a, a a twist that you would never have thought was was possible. Trump, Brexit, all of these things that are largely offensive to a let's say liberal geopolitical imaginary yeah and what always shocks me about conspiracy theories is exactly how conventional the enemies that they find are yeah so yeah i mean you can talk about like QAnon with um like celebrity pedophiles and, and oh, we'll you know a, 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 we'll talk about that in a bit um but it's never that, like, like I said, with the cures, the cures are always within the reach of the person who's espousing them. Yeah, you know that they're, they're always very simple, very simple cures. Yeah, um, and yeah, like it's never like, oh, actually, it was I don't know, um, Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's never Brazil because there's never a particular like uh, geopolitical reason for for doing that. But you would expect that kind of heel turn if these conspiracy theories had any had any basis to yeah, you know what i mean like deep down it actually all of it everything was being controlled by andorra yeah yeah, yeah. oh there must be there must be at least one because that's like andorra has a royal family if I'm oh correct. yeah they're it's like a, they're weird, like well they're a principality it's one of those weird between france and spain it gives them the perfect location to control the world <laughs> perfect yacht access for the illuminati yeah exactly Actually, I think they're like. But yeah, it's, it's, mountains, it's, it's, so. it's never particularly particularly surprising, especially now that seeing as it's gone, seeing as Trump has been elected and a large amount of the kind of, I guess, right wing conspiracism is fully on board yeah, with well, the start- president of the yeah, United yeah. States, the most the most powerful person in the world. Yeah, they're starting to turn. Yeah, um, maybe. maybe. But um, okay, so yeah, so like that's the general the general gist of where like that kind of anti it's obviously the, the you know the Chinese state that have done this or whoever is your enemy country. But yeah. um, there's another. This is a good one um, from a retired CIA agent. Always yeah. always good when they start like that. Um, apparently, the coronavirus in, was implemented by world leaders as a scapegoat designed to distract the world's population from a fast fast approaching comet. Due to collide with the Earth and cause the death and extinction of every living organism as we know to exist, a complete annihilation from which there'll be no survivors. Um, this was discovered. The comet was discovered in 2019 by NASA and the Vatican. Um, once scientists <laughs> had established, established there was no hope from escape, um, no hope of escape coming from it, the UN decided to manufacture COVID-19 as a decoy to um, to prevent mass panic and force people to stay at home to spend their final days and weeks with their families. Which is oh, so a, ni- so a nice like, conspiracy theory. It's a weird one because it is actually quite nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you even? I don't know. Like, there's that that as well. That it doesn't like seem like your ways of getting people to stay indoors. <laughs> it feels like the proposer of that particular theory is not really approaching existential terror in the way I would expect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an odd one. You know, yeah. <laughs> I quite, I quite like it. I think it's quite a, it's quite a cute one because it's like I think it might be one of the more hopeful theories that I've heard. But also that yeah. it's, like it's also one of the, the weird the, the Vatican and the UN and NASA, the American government, all of our governments—they just want us to be happy at the end. And rather... that's all. I mean, 
It's also a very, very rare one because usually it allows an out because mm. any conspiracy theory has to continue. Mm-hmm. It can't ever give a, a full conclusion. Yeah, because if you're you know, found out to be complete like, bollocks, then they'll stop listening to you. Again, it's a, like it's that counterintuitive thing of conspiracy theories is that like people often say, "Oh, it helps people make the world feel joined up, yeah. and it makes uh, everything feel like it has an order to it." But like, I've never seen a conspiracy that's comprehensive enough to form its own its own like system of knowledge with mm-hmm. a beginning and a conclusion. You know, like mm-hmm. Illuminati controlled the airwaves. Who invented TV then? Yeah. You know, like did they invent TV? It's it. There's always more. There's always more to come. There's always more and more to come out of it, and you can never have a, you can never have a conclusion. No. To it, do you know what I mean? It it never successfully concludes. Yeah. And that is that is a very odd one. Like, oh, by the way, we're all going to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Weird. This one's a good one. This is not. This is not even slightly. Like this is this is so. This is mad. Um. Um, this one um, hinges upon adrenochrome. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, the fake Hunter S. Thompson drug. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, only uh-huh. attainable from the body of a living human being the hormones of an adrenal gland um, derived from the brainstem of a man or a woman. Um, adrenochrome is said to be the drug of choice for the liberal elite who get their supplies from Hillary Clinton. She apparently manufactured the drug by torturing children <laughs> in a pizza shop, the infamous pizza gate. Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. addicted to adrenochrome, caught COVID-19 from a tainted batch sourced via Celine Dion, a high priestess of the Church of Satan. She has also been lacing her children's clothing line with a chemical that makes children gender neutral. In his Golden Globes acceptance speech, Tom Hanks signaled to the Hollywood liberal elite that there would soon be a shortage of adrenochrome because of this. <laughs> Celine Dion was approached for comment. Said, and I quote, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I just, there was like, the, I just, I just love the idea of like, oh yeah, so you got COVID-19 from a tainted batch of adrenochrome <laughs> sourced from Celine Dion. It's very specific. Yeah, it is. It, like, that's what I like about it. Yeah. But that's like, that's just... And like, no one knows enough about Celine Dion. As a French Canadian celebrity, no one. Oh, yeah, she's, she's very, very prominent, but she's completely occluded to us. Where on earth is Celine Dion? We don't know. <laughs> um, uh, I have no <laughs> idea where that com- that comes from. I think that's just a continuation of PizzaGate and them trying that's to just, become part of it. That's just more PizzaGate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to be part of the whole thing. They just never want. Yeah. To, they just don't. They just don't want to be left out. Um, <laughs> well, this is a, a, another good odd one. Um, that the whole thing is a false flag designed to force universities to adopt online learning management systems to bring an end to traditional classroom teaching. Hmm. I, you know what? It might, one of the weird things about a lot of conspiracy theories is the way that they're constructed, whether they're constructed from the event that you're observing to predict, like having a source, or once you're in conspiracy theory world yeah you have the source you have your enemy and then you trace every event to them yeah it, it, i don't know whether it's a thing that happens over time to conspiracy theorists who get into it really properly like an alex jones mm-hmm. but um that i actually that i actually could believe because again it's it it's like not that there's a particular um impetus towards it or that this was designed to do that because also like if you're looking, if you're, if this were, if you were approaching this from an anti-capitalist point of view, uh, the obvious question would be: universities are multi-billion-pound enterprises mm-hmm. that create enormous profits in their current 
situation at the expense of probably students and certainly lecturers and associated uh, employees. Mm-hmm. Um, why would they sacrifice that? Yeah. Because presumably that would make it that would make it cheaper, right? Well, you'd think a cheaper word. I don't know if it would. Um, <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously, the obviously, is, they would. The horrible. Thing I, I could. This, I can. The horrible yeah. thing about this going forward is that education-wise, the people who are going to suffer the most of, like, from everything that's happened so far and going on, are going to be um, kids in state schools and the, specifically yeah. the poorer state schools and yeah. the and the lower down universities. Like Lily's university mm. has been like on top of everything. Um, we're not having to. We're not paying any extra money, which was a nice weight off our shoulders because we were a bit worried that they were going to try and do that. But um, like you know, yeah. they're, they're, you know, she's already she's already sl- slipped back into that really easily, and it will be an online. Yeah. Whereas other places are going to have a harder time. And when you think about when they reopen them and do social distancing, what places can afford to do social distancing? It's going to be the really really rich ones. It's going to yeah, be the, the ones, ones that are already, already the ones that have already, got already so much very space. Lily's class yeah. is a fucking tiny already. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I like, mean, it's, the thing it's, is, it's the be, thing that's is, a grim thing. That's like I don't yeah. think they actually did it, because, but I do think that it's interesting to note how much money Zoom are making. I think it will also be very. It was all inter- done by I Zoom. Mean, we, we said it. They had a shitty, we said it. A shitty fucking conferencing app that no one was using because no one liked to do fucking teleconferences, and now we all have to fucking use it. Well, I mean, it's it's. I think we often underestimate the kind of monomaniacal focus certain sectors of capitalist industry have upon their long-term goals, and I I don't think it's an engineered thing, but I think it is a result of having extremely powerful tech sectors who have never taken their eye off the idea that ultimately everybody should be living like this. Yeah. That's how all things that. How, that's how all future life should be conducted. Yeah, which is you know, quite and, interesting that Elon Musk is freaking out and demanding everyone be free. Yeah, because he is one of the few of them who actually creates a commodity. He's one of the only tech entrepreneurs who actually manufactures something. That's why he's freaking out, because it's in his interest to do so. Mm. Without, If he doesn't have access to factories, if he doesn't produce that commodity, he's not getting a return on that although it turns out that even when he was manufacturing that he wasn't making a return but that's beside the point um yeah i that university thing i really feel like that's going to be one that when it if it does happen there's going to be a bunch of liberal commentators going oh the conspiracy theories and if there's one thing i hate more than really pointless right-wing conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. it's the idea that accounting for like actual evidenced structural adjustments yeah. within economies is somehow a conspiracy theory. Exactly. Like and whether like, it was intentional whether it was intentional or not. Yeah, like this you next, know? this next one. Um there are gonna be people taking advantage of this situation to make sure this kind of thing happens and we're yeah. gonna be called conspiracy theorists for pointing that out. Um a cunning plan to further blur the line between work and leisure, having massively increased the number of people working from home, employees will continue to implement work from home after the pandemic has ceased, with sophisticated surveillance systems in place to spy on workers. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think <laughs> like it maybe do doesn't it account if they can I think it maybe doesn't I think it probably doesn't account for what is a much more effective tool, which is 
sociologically and psychological methods of ensuring that workers do the absolute maximum yeah. anyway i mean it doesn't happen in things like um amazon and places like that because there's there's not a particular work culture around working in particularly amazon and particularly working under those conditions their physical workers are in close proximity and work collectively a lot more immediate like in 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 their in their physical presence yeah you know what i mean yeah but um yeah like i've worked with a ton of people who work way harder than they actually are paid for or should do um just because that is their particular ethic like that that kind of engineering is way more effective than installing cameras in your in your study (laughs) you know what i mean yeah in your bedroom yeah um well they Mm. do that green light thing don't they with the mouse so they can see your mouse Mm -hmm. is moving that's a lot easier than a fucking camera wait Um, what was that the green they they do that yeah to make sure your mouse is moving jesus yeah that's a thing Apparently. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> COVID-19 will trigger the implementation of a global economic security and recovery act so governments can more easily take taxpayers' hard-earned money. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's a classic. That's a that's a classic um Well, they are. They are literally, uh, well, they are literally going to yeah. raise national insurance and shit. They'll raise tax and they'll, we'll have austerity. Yeah. After this. But I don't I think mean, they did it specifically to do austerity. They were doing it already. Uh, yeah i mean i i think it's really i think it's really interesting what's going to happen to what remains of the uh middle class and the, the kind of lower bourgeoisie mm. in western countries mm-hmm. because like you see it in america like there was that person who had the um that really just i thought the sign was just fucking absolutely genius and pure ideology um it was a sign saying you have an immune system it has a right to work yeah that was uh, one of those people who was um, protesting against the lockdown. You oh, know, like uh, yeah. AR-15 dads and yeah. wine mums and yeah. stuff like that. And it's going to be really interesting what happens to that particular strata, the, the, what remains of the middle class after the 2010 um, financial crash. Yeah. Those who didn't, like, drop into the working class or, you know, maintain, like, those who maintained their position somehow. And, like, another, another recession... I genuinely don't know what's going to happen to those people because they're also like a large uh, consumer block. Mm. They're the ones who are buying all the stuff from China that powers that particular um, like wave of the economy. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I've got one final conspiracy theory, which this one awesome. is it feels right to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because the risk is risk of death from COVID-19 is far greater for older people, and since men are at greater risk than women, it follows that the virus was created by a feminist cult of witches as a way to kill all the yeah. old white men. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just... Hell yes. Obviously, that comes from hating on women and being afraid of feminists, but also, it's true. And, you know, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's an unalloyed good. <laughs> I just like to think that witches I, would be more would be would be able to be more specific, and wouldn't have targeted and like they wouldn't release if it was a bunch if it was a feminist cult of witches, then I think they would have made sure that it wouldn't have targeted men at all um, women at all. Like I'm just picking <laughs> apart this theory. 
I do. Yeah, I, I love I love that kind of stuff of like. Again, it's a it's a it stems from a, a particular kind of way that the bourgeoisie rose in Western societies of, and it's you know where a lot of that those particular ideas of of anti feminism and yeah. uh, and racial superiority come from. The idea that you're the elect and anything that like cripples or like restricts you in any way mm-hmm. must be a diabolical plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that, and one of the like basically the like thing that runs through all of these is that. The thing that caused the virus and has caused all this is the person that you hated anyway. Yeah, no, it was there's Ned never Flanders. There's ne- Ned Flanders did do it. Yeah, it was me all along, Austin. Mm, mm. It's it's that all the time. With that's how I feel with conspiracy theories, especially now. Yeah, you know, like conspiracy theories in the nineties, we were getting the kind of back end of like um, hippies and and the the 60s and 70s when it was not maybe not necessarily a left trend although yeah. there are left conspiracy theorists yeah um but it was definitely a kind of libertarian um had a libertarian tinge to it yeah and so was concerned concerned with like maybe restrictions on the individual um mm. and 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 the, the overbearingness of, of state power or, or something like that, which, you know, I think is a complicated topic, but one that I can much more largely get into other than fascist daddy punish my enemies. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't even... Hmm. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I've got, like, a, I've got, like... I've got, like, time for conspiracy theories to the extent that they can tell you about what's really going on with with people because like it's definitely a non-mainstream source of like how like what people's mindscapes are like yeah you know how they're feeling how they how they express these things whether it's like the gang stalking thing which Mm -hmm. is like an individual versus people around them yeah that's like like textbook physical and psychological manifestation of, of alienation you yeah. know what i mean yeah and like people gathering with guns on the steps of congress to say reopen our restaurants so we can lord it over minimum wage service workers yeah. that's that's something that really tells you tells you about you know in this case their particular contempt for the weak yeah yeah <laughs> um but you know, like I, I am, I am also. It's, it's a form of like conspiracy theory is always a form of gathering information for yourself and for a select group. And how that group self defines tells you a lot about how those individuals feel about how they slot into the society and the community and the society around them, right? Yeah. So, like, you remember that um, uh, Muslim halal Coke email that was going around? No. It was like the Coca-Cola recipe had, there was a, a thing that went around Facebook yeah. um, that Coca-Cola, the Coca-Cola recipe, which is secret, had alcohol in it, yeah. right? And I heard that from so many people who I worked with, right? Yeah. And it's when I really, like, like, like Muslims who are like, I genuinely don't know whether I can drink Coke now. And like you can like mock it and and say like I love science all the time and leap and leap leap up and down and scream about fucking the philosophy of science and rationalism and all that and like there's an element within that particular story where like Western science and it's always called Western science and Western medicine and if you're not identified as Western what what's your relationship to that kind of knowledge and yeah. it's not surprising that people then like form their own episteme that form their own like area of knowledge and and that can 
reproduce and, and produce itself separate from some kind of mainstream idea of how how knowledge and how how the world works yeah um and I, it, it's just really interesting to see how people kind of isolate themselves from the very like milk toast ones that everyone can agree with like hot drinks kill corona <laughs> to the, the slightly more like conservative reactionary ones like china is going to take over the world or i mean frankly any geopolitical aim my state wants to achieve is exactly what i'm on board for mm -hmm. even yeah down to the the small ones like oh yeah it's my ex-wife <laughs> 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 my kids don't want to see me and uh, they've made up corona because they don't want to see me <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. yeah actually yeah they could yeah. be bored They're, that is like pretty much the root of all of them it could be that <laughs> you know, it's pretty much that they, they like at their core, there are they are a, a dad who wants to see his kids, and they're convinced that everyone's lying to him. <laughs> I just say, whenever you're approaching something right, when you're not sure and you're nervous about being labelled a conspiracy theorist, mm -hmm. think about this: what's more believable? that the suffering and the most catastrophic decisions in our society stem from those who make the decisions on what and how it is produced, i.e. Does the worst stuff come from the best stuff, or was it a wizard? <laughs> That's the distinction between conspiracy theory and actual proper analysis. Uh, that's us for this week. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us at WDTATW underscore podcast. Follow me at BM Bergamo. Follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. And we will see you next week, hopefully. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye. Fighting am the least about the fighting game When Mr. Hoover said to cut my